Good morning, I am Riley and this is Lifestyle Tucson, where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations that serve Tucson and Southern Arizona, learning about their vision and mission while getting updates on current projects. Today also happens to be Father's Day. So for the first portion of today's program, I'm sharing my conversation with Alan Stockelberg from Parent Aid. Hi Riley, this is Alan with Parent Aid. How are you doing? Hi, I am doing very well. How about yourself? Doing good. So you are the executive director of Parent Aid, is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. So I guess it's probably best to start with the beginning. Uh, who and what is Parent Aid? And can you give me just a little bit of history of the organization here in Tucson? Sure. Um, so Parent Aid was actually founded in 1990. Not a lot of people um, know that. We, we're, we're a 30-year-old organization um, founded by six local exchange uh, exchange clubs, which is a, a service club. Um, so today, we, we there's only one exchange club here still in town, uh, but they're, they're still a, a big supporter of us. Um, we were founded, uh, like I said, 30 years ago with the mission to prevent child abuse, and that still remains our mission, um, our official mission, preventing child abuse by strengthening families in our community. So we, we really believe that strong communities and strong families create a lot of safety for kids. We have been at our location at 22nd and Tucson Boulevard since about 2004. Um, we kind of have a nondescript building that a lot of people drive by every Every day and don't even know that we're here. But I like to say we're we're a tiny but mighty organization, and that we're we're small, but we have uh, we have big impact in the community. In 2018, we became um, the only Arizona accredited safe care agency, um, and safe care is a curriculum that we use to do in-home visitation um, with families. Um, the program lasts for about a year, and in which uh, family support specialists. Uh, visit with families, help the, the caregivers and the family build skills in, in health, um, in communication, in safety, in parent-child interactions. Um, and it's been shown um, nationally as a, an evidence-based curriculum to uh, decrease uh, contact with the Child Welfare Service. And yeah, so that's, that's a, a quick or organizational yeah. uh, kind of history. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, just a rundown of uh, what you've been up to. So, so you say the the mission is to prevent child abuse. So, just can you tell me a bit more about the the vision of Parent Aid and what ways or what you do to reach that vision? Yep. Um, so, I mean, our vision is is really that all children are raised in loving, nurturing, caring homes. Right. That that that's what we we want to see. Um, and so, traditionally, kind of. Um, a lot of child abuse prevention, um, in my mind, really isn't prevention at all. It's all it's all intervention-based services. It's, it's waiting until a family falls and until they, you know, have a, a failure, a setback, and then engaging that family and saying, you know, this is the way you could have done better. Or this is what you should have done. Um, and and our approach is a little different. We we want to be a completely voluntary program. We want it to be that all, uh, families uh, in all walks of life can engage with us. We kind of believe that that all children are at risk of child abuse. So therefore, you know all parents deserve um, uh, our support and and deserve to to be able to engage in in our educational services. So we have a a couple different um, programs for that. One I I mentioned is is our safe care in-home visitation program. That's our pretty intensive, uh, you know, you sign up for a year um, and and at the end, you know, um, we've hopefully built a lot of skills in a lot of different areas. We've connected you um, with other services around town. 
that can kind of help you on your parenting journey. Um, then we've also have our what we call our community-based education, which is a little bit more of the traditional parenting class. You know, you get together with other parents. It's a little more topical. Courses that we're going to go over, um, we, we primarily use what's called the active parenting curriculum. Um, we have active parenting first five years. Um, and then just the standard active parenting and active parenting of teens. So we're actually one of the few organizations in town that have um, a parenting curriculum from zero all the way to 18 years old. Um, and, and there we learn things more like um, healthy forms of discipline, um, understanding child development, um, looking at family communication, just healthy ways to engage uh, everyone in the family. Um, we've also recently added a program called PAX Tools, which really focuses um, on those concrete strategies for using um, to, to get cooperation of your child. We like to say cooperation and not not like, you know, compliance or obedience, mm -hmm. because we, we believe that the idea of parenting um, is really about just seeking that collaborative effort between parent and child to, for, mm -hmm. that's a skill that I think parents and, and kids both need um, to build. Um, and then one of our last programs, we have uh, Children in Between, which is for families that are experiencing separation and divorce. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's been, uh, it, that's a high rate in our country. And, and I think the, the pandemic has brought that um, even higher. Um, and we want to make sure that the process of a family going through separation or divorce doesn't add any, any more any more abuse to the child, um, be that emotional, physical, um, neglect, anything like that. Um, one area that I'm looking to expand, I, I've always been a big proponent of encouraging more father involvement. Mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to build a bit more of a, a, a father program. Um, that's something that there are a lot of pockets of in Tucson and, and, and Arizona, but there is not kind of a, a leading source of, you know, if you're a dad looking for support, this is where you go. So we're, we're trying to build that um, a little more. So hopefully in the next couple months, we'll, we'll be seeing some more fatherhood-based uh, programming from us. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I am speaking with Alan Stockelberg from the nonprofit parenting resource, Parent Aid. So can I just hear a bit more about uh, how these classes are uh, conducted? You mentioned how there is the in-home uh, aspect. Uh, how about some of these other courses and stuff? Are these, are you do meet in person? Uh, is this online? Sure. So traditionally, we've always done them in person. And, and I think the pandemic has made a lot of different sectors realize that things that they always thought needed to be in person, you know, could be done in a virtual space. But traditionally, we've done them in person. We do them at libraries, at schools. Um, we do some in our building here. Um, we've even done some from somebody's home where they want to host, um, you know, their friends and family. And that's actually a model that I really want to be exploring um, in the future. I've kind of called it a, you know, like a, a parent education Tupperware party, you yeah. know, where... Um, you get together with people that can help you kind of on your parenting journey. In a, in a more traditional parenting class, you're, you're, you know, taking it with 10 to 20 strangers who you don't know that by the time that parenting class ends, hopefully you build a connection with, but, you know, you may never see them again. But if you can do a parent education class with your cousins, uh, your friends, your coworkers, those are people that are going to be in your sphere of influence constantly and might help you a little bit more along that parenting journey. But uh, the pandemic has definitely uh, made us 
pivot to virtual, and you know we've had success with that. Um, we we have been able to engage parents that have boys that otherwise they felt they couldn't maybe take the class um, because sometimes transportation or childcare is a major barrier um, to being able to do that. So we intend to continue um, our virtual classes, but we are also hoping that later this summer, the beginning of fall, we will resume in-person classes, and we'd like to kind of keep both modalities open. We our website is parentaid.org, and there's a calendar link there that lists all of our, our our upcoming classes. I had quite a bit going through June, and then we're so looking to set our kind of July through September calendar here soon. Like we just had two classes start this week. Um, I believe we have some PAX Tools classes next week. So there's a lot of opportunities opportunities there. Many of our classes are offered for free. Some of our classes are a little more intensive, and we, we have a, like a $25 or a $35 charge mm-hmm. to take the series. Um, and we've, we always try to work with parents. If that's going to be a barrier, we, we never want cost to be a barrier. We do our best to work with families on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it may seem overwhelming or scary or perhaps even a bit embarrassing for some to sign up for a parenting class. And I guess I'm curious, what would you say to a parent or a caregiver who is kind of experiencing feelings like that, but they know that this would be something that could be a benefit in the long run? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's a major um, issue that we face all the time that people say, um, you know, they never come out right and say it. But I mean, I'm a parent. I know I talk with people that to to enroll in a parenting class is it's put you in a really vulnerable space because there is this kind of underlying message that if you need support being a parent, that you must be a bad parent or you must have failed. Or you must, um, you know, like, how can you not understand what it means to be a parent? Just like there's this kind of this kind of stigma mm-hmm. around it, that it's only for certain types of people. Or, uh, um, But our, our concept is that everybody struggles. You know, parenting is hard. It is messy. Every parent is going to struggle. Every parent is going to slip and fall. And we just want to make sure that we provide as many different options as we can. Our curriculum is never prescriptive. We never go up and say, this is how you have to discipline. This is how you have to engage your child. Um, what we do is say, um, you know, w- what kind of parent is it you're striving to be? You know, how can we help support you to be that? Um, because we all know that we, when we all became parents, we had this really clear picture of a lot of the things we didn't want to do, right? Uh, oh, my child's not going to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm never going to yell. Or, oh, my child's never going to eat ice cream for dinner. Or I just, I mean, anything, like whatever it is. And we put so much effort into focusing on the things that we're not going to do as parents that a lot of times we never allowed ourselves to explore the options of what we do want to do. Um, and that's kind of what we what we try to shed light on are just different things to think about and different ways to engage your children. They're not going to be for everyone. One of the one of the the mantras in our active parenting is, um, you know, take the best and leave the rest. If you get one gem out of the class, great. And if everything else don't feel applies to you, then, you know, that's fine. But if, if something resonates with you, try it, use it. Um, and one thing I always encourage parents um, and any parent hopefully already knows is that you're going to get this beautiful new strategy or get this great idea on, on what you're going to do with the child. And it never works on the first time. You know, it, it, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes effort. You know, you've got to do it routinely. Kids are smart and they know if they're being played. Right. Mm-hmm. And they might think, wait, so is this happening this one time or is this something that's going to keep happening? And so everything takes a little bit of work. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems that we experience as parents. A lot of times parents want, well, I want to fix this one issue and I want to fix now. And it's like, well, no, 
there's lots of issues here that we need to address. Um, and, you know, they're all interconnected and they're all going to take time to work through. So hopefully a lot of once parents understand that they get that parenting is a process, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a dynamic goal. There's nothing static to it. We're not trying to get people to a certain spot. We're just trying to help them grow um, and be the best parents they can be. Mm-hmm. And definitely taking a like an individualized approach almost. It's not one size fits all for, for parents. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Alan Stockelberg from the nonprofit parenting resource, Parent Aid. So um, kind of before we, we start wrapping up, when I was checking out the Parent Aid website, uh, first thing that popped up was a countdown. Um, Parent Aid presents We Care 2021, the Roaring Twenties. Would you be able to tell me just a, a little bit more about what this upcoming event is? Yeah, absolutely. So We Care is our kind of signature um, event. Uh, we um, it's our largest fundraiser of the year. Um, we had one scheduled for the spring of last year, and unfortunately, you know, COVID mm-hmm. kind of shut everything down. Um, we did do one la- a virtual event last year, and we had some some good success with that. This year, we're excited to get back in person um, and really connect with a lot of our donors, um, a lot of our supporters, um, even a lot of our families that we've really only seen virtually. So it, it's it's. It's a night to come together and, you know, raise money for child abuse prevention, um, one, but also just to, to reconnect with our community. So it, it's going to have a Roaring Twenties theme this year. Um, it's being held out at the JW Marriott on August 21st, um, and there's sponsorships and tickets available um, online. But uh, the, the biggest thing with this is that there's not a lot of money in, in prevention work. A lot of people think that there is, but where there's a lot of money is in intervention work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to, to engage with a donor and say, well, I provided you know, this service to this family, and look, 20 years later, they, ne- they never had any issues with child welfare. Well, I can't prove or disprove of whether or not you know, that had anything to do with my engagement if they never had a, a child welfare um, path. Mm-hmm. So sometimes seeking funds in there is difficult. So this is a chance for us to to raise money to provide mainly our safe care curriculum to families that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to, to seek funding for. Um, that, you know, maybe they don't live in the right zip code or have a child in the right age range or, or something. Um, so the money raised from WeCare goes directly to support families and children in our community that otherwise would not have um, been able to have been supported. So it's, it's, it's a really important event for us. There's opportunities um, for sponsorships um, and tickets, but also um, we run an auction at the event. And there's also a lot of sponsor, uh, opportunities that to uh, receive donations for the auction um, from local businesses, services, even people that, that have anything around the house that they would like to go to a good cause to be sold for a good cause. Um, we'd love to engage anybody um, with that. All right. Well, I guess uh, then in closing, how do you recommend uh, you know, parents interested or if someone who is interested in, you know, taking part in the We Care event, what's the best way to get in contact with uh, Parent Aid? Um, so for, for We Care related things, um, you can give us a call or you can email me. Um, our phone number is 520-798-3304. Um, or you can directly email me. Um, I'm Alan. So that's A-L-L-A-N at parentaid.org. Um, you can also hop on our website. Um, you can secure a sponsorship on the website. Um, if, pe- if anybody's interested in doing any of our classes, all the registration and everything can be done directly from um, our website. And if you have questions about Safe Care, which is the home visitation program, um, that, that I, the best thing, just, just give us a call and, mm-hmm. and talk with us. All right. This is Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Rylan. I've been speaking with Alan, Executive Director of Parent Aid. And I, I appreciate you taking this time to have a chat and uh, spread the word, get us updated on 
who and what Parent Aid is and kind of what is in store moving forward. Yep, thank you. You are listening to Lifestyle Tucson, and for the second portion of today's program, I am sharing my conversation with Robert Jensen, CEO of Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona. I am Robert Jensen, the Chief Executive Officer for Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona. Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona has quite a long-standing reputation in Tucson and Southern Arizona, but we're also an area that is uh, constantly growing and expanding. Uh, so to start off, will you just give me just a brief introduction and history? Uh, absolutely. Uh, we, we were started when uh, there were some physicians' wives in 1970, and uh, they would, these doctors would work on their patients, send them home, but they weren't capable of cooking for themselves when they got out of the hospital. So a number of these physicians' wives got together, and they joined Meals on Wheels. They did that for about two years, and then Meals on Wheels was, was closing, so they decided to open up mobile meals. So they started delivering food to the patients of their husbands, and for the last 51 years, it has just continued to grow and expand and meet the need of people that need food. Who does it serve now, and uh, what's, what's the area that you work within? Let me give you a little, a little background. Previous to COVID, we were delivering to homebound people. So whether you had a health issue, whether you had a disability of any sort, something where you were homebound and couldn't get out, and that's what we had done for 50 years prior to COVID. Once COVID hit, then the elderly population was at such high risk that they didn't want to go out. And so we had to change our model. So we started to l- delivering food to people who did not want to leave the house because they didn't want to get COVID. Well, this demand grew and grew. And then we kind of tapped into a lower income folks that couldn't afford the f- to go out in the food. Some of these people, they, they don't even have cars and they have to take a taxi or an Uber to the grocery store. And so we've come full circle to where now, if you need food for whatever reason you want, we are going to deliver it to you. So we have a sliding scale that the least you're gonna pay, it'll be free. If you don't have enough income, we're going to give you food for free. If you are a millionaire, the most we will charge you is $5 a meal. And we have a sliding scale uh, in, in, for anywhere in between there. And m- about 75% of our clients receive their meals for $1.50 or less. Mm-hmm. So wh- who we're really servicing is the low income, the poor, uh, along with people with disabilities, and we're able to keep them in their homes longer before they have to move into a nursing facility or an assisted living facility. That's one of the big motivations. They don't want to leave their home. They want to stay home, but they can't cook anymore. They can't get around. They shouldn't be around an open flame on a stove. Mm-hmm. So we're able to bring them their food. They're able to stay in their homes, and they are really grateful for that. So we cover... 
when we say southern Arizona, we go out uh, to the east as far as Vail. We cover all of Tucson. Um, we don't go up into the northwest corner because Interfaith Community Services handles that area, and we have a gentleman's uh, deal that we have had for 50 years that will stay out of their territory and, and uh, we'll let them do their piece. And then we go down to the south uh, as far as the border to Nogales, and uh, we are now moving west and we'll be going out as far as cells. So uh, we cover quite a territory and uh, the grand design to take over the world and feed the people that are needed is someday we'll be going to Sierra Vista and Benson and Wilcox and, and completely cover southwestern Arizona. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Robert Jensen, the CEO of Mobile Meals. Uh, so I was reading on your website that there are different programs that are offered through Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona, Signature Meal Service, Organic Meals, Concierge. Can you take a second to just kind of tell me a bit more about these programs and how they differ? Yes. So our, our main meal service is comprised of eight different diets. Uh, so if you need a diabetic diet or if you have a heart condition or you have uh, some kidney failure, you need a renal diet. If you have chewing problems, texture problems, swallowing is difficult for you, w we can take that and puree that food so that it, it uh, is able to be swallowed easier. That, and then, of course, our regular diet. Um, and we have 10 facilities that currently produce our food for us. Uh, hospitals, all the local hospitals, TMC, St. Joe's, Banner, St. Mary's, uh, and a couple of assisted living facilities. They produce our food for it, and then we have a small army of 250 volunteers that go out five days a week and deliver. So that's 98% of all the meals we do. And then we have two partners. Uh, one is Mom's Meals, and they deliver frozen meals uh, via FedEx or UPS. And so for outlying areas that we can't service, we work with those clients to get them set up on Mom's Meals because it can come to them anytime via postage. And then we have a collaboration with Stay Naked Kitchen, uh, which puts out meals that are more carbohydrate-loaded, a lot of marathoners, firemen, policemen, uh, workout people, uh, those kinds of uh, meals where they need uh, a good carb, uh, high enriched, fresh, organic meals. And so we deliver meals to folks that can't go out and get them. And those are our three main meal services right now. Something I'd kind of like to uh, uh, go back to is you mentioned how things kind of changed for Mobile Meals of Southern Arizona with uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, so do you expect for these changes to uh, continue? And are there um, still precautions in place that people should be aware of? The need for meals to be delivered will continue to grow forevermore. And with inflation coming here, it is going to be more and more difficult for people to be able to feed themselves. They are on a set income, and as the prices go higher, anyone who's gone grocery shopping lately knows that prices have gone up, gasoline has gone up, 
All of these costs have gone up, and yet their income st stays the same. So in reality, they're losing more and more money or more capability of being able to shop and get food. So the need will only continue to grow, and we will continue to service that need and, ex and expand. And Riley, I'm sorry, what was the other question you had? Oh, I was, I was curious, uh, are there still currently some like precautions that uh, Mobile Meals is using um, since we're kind of on the, the downswing, I guess you could say, yes. of the pandemic? Yes, well, we completely changed our model in terms of all the PPE, the gloves, the masks, the social distancing. We used to carry these trays. We have these really nice trays that can hold hot food hot and cold food cold right next to each other. We would go into these folks' house, put the food on the counter or on the dining room table or in the refrigerator for them, and then COVID hit. Well, now the meals go into a plastic bag, uh, and we hand them to them. But we have made the change since vaccinations have become widespread that if you are vaccinated, then we allow our volunteers to come to a mutual decision with their clients on whether they need to be masked or not. And, uh, and that is a one-on-one -on -one discussion between our volunteer and the client. And whatever makes both of them comfortable, then that's what we will do. And I would, I would imagine that that one-on-one -on -one contact is kind of a key element to mobile meals. Um, because especially I think of the elderly and the isolation, being able to connect with another person uh, definitely has a significance to it to itself. And um, I can imagine that you have uh, experienced some uh, kind of touching stories and have seen a lot. What type of feedback do you get from uh, the people you serve? So this is what I always say. We deliver 50% nutrition and 50% compassion because the food is very important, but just as equally important as the compassion. Most of our clients don't see people, or they'll have a caregiver that comes in a couple times a week. We're the only ones they'll see. And, and we show up Monday through Friday every day and ring that doorbell and knock on that door and ask them how they are. And how did your doctor's appointment go? And did you get to talk to your sister yesterday? And that compassion component almost is, is as important as the meal, the nutrition that they get. Um, so we're 50% nutrition and 50% compassion, and I really can't figure out which one is more than the other. Um, and first off, our volunteers are just phenomenal. Their dedication is phenomenal. Throughout COVID, we had an army of volunteers that hung in there, and, and almost all of our volunteers are retirees, elderly retirees, and they're the susceptible population to COVID, and yet they were so dedicated to their clients that they knew these people had to have their food, and so they hung in there with us, and they delivered. We're delivering over 2,000 meals a week, and, you know, over 100,000 meals a year, and, and they know that without mobile meals, without them getting up and coming and getting the food and delivering it, these folks wouldn't have it, and our clients are just, they absolutely love their volunteers. They build a bond and they build a relationship and they, they, they look forward to seeing them every day. Um, but the other 50% is like, I, we had the, the Wienermobile come into town 
And so we thought it would be really cool. I mean, besides the fact that since I've been a kid, I've been in all of the Wienermobile. Who doesn't love seeing the Wienermobile? <laughs> <You> know, <it's, laughs> I, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it, it was phenomenal. For me, I was like a kid again. But so we roll up to one house in the Wienermobile. We have a couple of volunteers in there, and we're delivering meals out of the Wienermobile. We're driving around town bringing meals. So we pull up to this one couple, and they're sitting on their front patio. And uh, we come up. And I say hello, and I go, look at that. Isn't that unbelievable? And with a big wienermobile, wider than their lot of their house, sitting, you know, 50 feet from them. And uh, the gentleman looks at me, and he says, you did bring the food, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I say, yes, we have the food. So the wienermobile didn't quite stack up compared to he he wanted that food just to make sure, okay, then he could look at the wienermobile. Oh, that's endearing. Um, something I kind of was thinking about um, just from my own experience with my aging family members, uh, I see online that you have the, you know, the ability for these people to enroll in your services. What um, what do you do to accommodate for people who are not very um, literate when it comes to Internet use or how to use a computer? Right. Um, is there a way that you can accommodate for that? Yes. We still have the good old-fashioned phone number. Our 622-1600 number, we will do everything via the phone. We will take care of all of that um, and because there are a number of folks uh, that either aren't tech savvy, don't have the equipment, don't have a desktop or a laptop, although most of them have phones, which is, which is very nice so they can stay connected. Uh, but that's way too small for them to be filling out an application and that sort of thing. So the good old-fashioned way call us on the phone and or we go out to them now that now that the vaccinations are in place and and take the information directly from them absolutely um so i'm kind of i'm also just curious because you talked about your uh your group of very dedicated volunteers for a group like mobile meals to function there's a lot of what you need from the community so is there anything that mobile meals is kind of needing like themselves uh, to continue providing these services? The biggest need that we have is volunteers. Um, it's uh, especially right now during the summertime and then that uh, a number of them are snowbirds and they go back home. And then this year, because they're going back home because they haven't seen their grandkids in a year and a half and they're all getting out of Tucson and traveling because they haven't been able to. So we... We use a lot of substitute drivers when we can. We have a pool of them. Uh, We go out and drive. I drive quite a bit. That's where the magic happens, is out there handing a meal to these people and asking them how they're doing and how their day is going. Um, But we're always looking for for volunteers. Mm -hmm. And where can someone who's interested find uh, information? Uh, The easiest way is to go to our website, mobilemealssoaz.org. And uh, all the information is there. You can sign up right on the website, uh, or you can always just call our phone number, and and we will take care of you. The good old-fashioned way, the phone. I I really appreciate you taking this time to uh, sit and have a chat with me. Well, I I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity um, to say thank you to our volunteers and our donors and, and, uh, and how appreciative we are of our clients. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyle Tucson this morning. If you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of this program, you can contact us by emailing publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That's publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about Lifestyle Tucson or if there is something you've missed, episodes are available for replay at mixfm.com, klpx.com, kfma.com, and espntucson.com on the Sunday mornings page. 